Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. We'll be looking at verses 8 through 16 in just a moment. To give you the background for the scripture, you all know that God spoke to the prophet Elijah who was prophesying uh, during the time that King Ahab and Queen Jezebel were reigning over the nation of Israel. And because of their wickedness and because of the fact that the people of Israel had followed Ahab and Jezebel rather than following the living God, God pronounced judgment upon the nation. That judgment came in the form of a drought. I want to pause and say something here for just a moment and help you to realize that when God judges a nation... Christians are not exempt from that judgment, but in that judgment, God protects, God preserves, and God provides. Many have said, are we in a place of judgment in America? Well, let me say it this way. I mentioned this a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, that a nation who doesn't follow the laws of God will never receive a positive prophecy from God. And a nation who chooses to follow the laws of God will never receive a negative prophecy from God. So you ask yourself, are we as a nation following the laws of God? I think the answer is very obvious. No, we are not, and we haven't for decades. We've turned away from Him to pursue our own way. We have followed sinful leadership who denies the existence of God and the things of God. So yes, I do believe that God is judging America. But in that judgment and during that judgment, I have confidence and I have hope that God watches over His children. He protects us. He provides for us. He makes that way where there seems to be no way. We need to understand that God's judgment is not a bad thing. It's intended to turn men's hearts back towards Him. This is precisely what was happening in our text today. God had spoke judgment over the nation of Israel because of their disobedience, because of their rebellion, because they were worshiping false gods and false idols, and God was tempting to turn them back toward Him, so that once again they would worship the living and true God, their Creator and their Maker. So there are times, especially in the days in which we live, that we know as the last days, that God will use judgment to turn men's hearts back towards Him. And all we can pray is God during this time when a spirit of lawlessness is raging throughout our land, which is a predecessor of the coming of the Antichrist. If you don't believe that, read First and Second Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear that during this time, we must trust God as we've never trusted Him before. We must listen to what he's saying. We must read his word. Let me say it for the 10,000th time since March. It's time to turn off CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, and tune in to the word of the living God. It's time to hear what God says, not what man says. Because folks, I got this figured out. You do too. Man doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He doesn't know what's going to happen in the next minute. But I serve a God who holds tomorrow in his hand. I serve a God who knows the end from the beginning. Matter of fact, His name is Alpha and Omega. So we can trust our God. And in this very difficult and troublesome time, not only in our nation, around the world, we need to learn to trust our God. 
more than ever before, put your faith and your trust in Him. God will never fail you. God will never disappoint you. So let's look at our text this morning. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 8. The scripture says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Speaking about Elijah, the background, he pronounced drought over the land of Israel. God sent him to the brook Cherith and said, You'll stay here and I will meet your needs and supply. You know the story, the ravens brought him food. He had water from the brook. And he stayed there until the brook ran dry. That's why I say to you this morning, Christians do feel the effects of God's judgment, but God provides for us, cares for us, leads us, even in the midst of that judgment. The brook ran dry, so something had to happen. So now we pick up the scripture, then the word of the Lord. Have you heard the word of the Lord? That's my question. Have you heard what God is speaking during this day and during this time? For he certainly is speaking. He is trying to reveal himself to men and women today. Have you heard what the Lord is saying? Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. Dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. You know how amazing God is? He takes the most unlikely source to meet Elijah's need. He didn't say, I've commanded a rich man. I've commanded a, a, a king. He didn't say, I've commanded a very wealthy landover. He said, I've commanded a widow to take care of you. A widow, think about that for just a moment. She has no husband, no means of support, no means of supply. When you read the story, she has a boy who is not yet able to bring in income. I've commanded the most likely source to take care of you. There's a lesson in that for us today. Because too many of us look at the same source and wonder, why isn't the supply coming? Maybe God's commanded a widow, the most unlikely source, to be your supply. Maybe it's time to open your eyes. Hear and see what God is saying and allow Him to lead you during difficult times. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. Isn't it amazing? What God said was going to happen, actually happened. He didn't go on a goose chase, but as soon as he got there, there she was gathering sticks. And he called her and said, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, now notice in that verse, first she did what she could do. She brought, was going to bring him the water. That wasn't a problem. But then he asked for something she couldn't do. Some of us in this place and in this time need to begin to ask him for things that we can't do. I said it a few minutes ago, you need to have a big ask today. What is it you need from God? Ask big because he answers big. Scripture goes on to say, she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I'm gathering a couple of sticks that may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Isn't it interesting that God said, I'm going to command a widow who can't even provide for herself to provide for you. Now, why would God do that? Because he was setting Elijah up and he was setting the widow up for a mighty miracle to occur. He was about to teach them and teach us today that the little we have becomes a lot when we put it in the hand of God. 
Some of you have been griping and moaning and groaning and complaining about what little you have. Can I challenge you as Zach did? Put it in the hand of God. Watch what happens when you choose to trust the living God, the maker of the universe. Watch what happens when you put your little in his hand. I guarantee you it becomes a lot because that's the way the Lord works. Elijah said to her, verse 13, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Now, what did she just said? She said, I only have enough to make enough for me and my son to eat. But Elijah was already pronouncing the provision, the blessing, the miracle of God over her life. He said, first you make me a little cake, and then you make some for you and your son to eat. He's already saying, what you have is more than enough. What you have, that little, is going to turn into a lot more. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run out until the day, the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her, he and her household, ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Father, Add your powerful anointing to your word this morning. Use it to cut hearts and cut lives and bring people to a realization of what you're able to do. Help us to see this morning that you are still the God who takes a little and turns it into a lot. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. When I look at this scripture, I see several things I want to share with you very quickly this morning. When I look at the scripture, I see that God said specific to Elijah... You're going to prophesy a drought as judgment upon Israel, hoping that Israel will turn back to me. But in the middle of that drought, I'm going to care for you. So go to the brook Cherith. You'll find a place there where you'll have water, you'll have shelter, and I will send the ravens to bring you food every day. So Elijah did exactly what God said. He trusted the Lord in that moment. And he stayed there until the brook ran dry. And when the brook ran dry, he once again heard the word of the Lord. Some of you are living in the place right now where the brook has ran dry. You're looking in every direction for answers. Can I tell you the only answer you need to seek is the word of the Lord. God still speaks to his people. God still interrupts our situations. God still makes a way where there seems to be no way. And not only will he do it for you, but here's the great part. He's going to do it for others as well. When you impact their life by the fact that he takes a little and makes it a lot. So he spoke to Elijah and then he said, go to the widow Zarephath. We just read the story. You heard it. You understand it. You know it. Listen to me. In Psalm 37, David said these words, In times of famine, you shall be satisfied. In hard times, God's not going to forget you. God's not going to forsake you. God's not going to overlook you. He's not going to say, oh yeah, they're already a part of my kingdom. I don't need to worry about them anymore. In hard times, God will never fail his children. We need to remember that and get it in our hearts. Oh, folks, come on. The Word of God is mighty. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God prevails over any and all situations. If we can but believe God has a Word for us today, we will rise up from where we're at and we will walk in the victory that we sang about just a few minutes ago. David went on to say in that scripture, Psalm 37, 
I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Oh, come on, if you're righteous, lift up that hand today. Identify with the word of the Lord this morning. If you're a child of the King, lift up both hands today and say, that's for me. I declare it. I receive it. I proclaim it. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Somebody give him a shout of praise today. He's able. He's worthy. He takes a little and he makes it a lot. He takes a little and he makes it a lot. When I read that story, you know what principle it conveys to me? It conveys this principle. That when one door shuts, God opens another one. When one door shuts, God already has another one prepared for you and me. And the key to moving from a closed door to an open door. You ready? This is really deep. You don't want to miss it. The key to moving from a closed door to an open door is faith and obedience. Believing that God does what God says and obeying the word of the Lord. Those two principles will move you to that open door and to that place God wants you to be in your life. He took Elijah to Zarephath. He said, there's a widow there that will make you a cake. Provide for you. You know the story. We just read it. When Elijah said, bring me a water, bring me something to eat, a small morsel. She said, look, I just have a little. I just have enough left in my cupboard to fix one last meal for my son and myself. We're going to eat it and then we're going to die. She didn't see any future beyond that day. She didn't see any future beyond that moment. She didn't see any future beyond that need. I'm talking to somebody this morning, and that's exactly where you've camped. You see no future beyond today, no future beyond your diagnosis, no future beyond that divorce, no future beyond that rebellious teen. I've come to tell you today that God I serve may be closing one door, but he's opening another one for you. And if you will step out in faith and obedience, he will lead you through it to a place you never dreamed he was able to take you. That's what God does. When one door closes, he opens another one. And Elijah said, look, if you'll bring me a cake, there'll even be enough for you and your son to have a cake. How does that work? I don't know. She was the cook. She'd already done the math. She knew how much oil she had, how much flour she had, how much she could make out of those small provisions. Just enough for she and her son. They're going to eat it. Then they're going to die. But Elijah challenged her. He said, if you'll make me one first... There will be enough for you and your son as well. Not just for today. Oh, come on, folks, hear me. Not just for today, but for tomorrow and the day after that 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 until this drought ends and the famine is gone. God will supply. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Get it into your spirit. Quit being in the mullet grubs and allow God to raise you up. See, Jesus said it. Much the same way. When he said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things, what things? Your food, your clothing, your shelter, what you need to live. All these things will be given to you. See, it's all about living for the kingdom. 
It's all about living with eternity in our mind. It's all about understanding God doesn't lie. His promises are true. And if we will step out in faith and obedience, He will honor His word in and over our lives. So when one door closes, He opens another door for us to walk through. Second principle I want to share with you from the Scripture. This Scripture teaches us never. I said never. Write it down. I said never. Never, 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 never give up on God. Never give up on God. Verse 12, this widow was at the point of giving up. We're going to eat it, then we're going to die. Fatalistic, that was her attitude. Nothing I can do to change it. We're going to eat and then we're going to die. It's only a matter of time until starvation kills my son and myself. There is no hope. There is no future. There is no reason to go on. We're going to eat it, and we're going to die. When I read that scripture, it, says, it tells me very specifically, when Elijah showed up in her life, he showed up with a message, and that message was never give up on God. Because what you see as your little, he can turn into a lot. What you see as your end, he can turn into your beginning. Oh, somebody, someone some, say hallelujah, say praise the Lord, say thank you, Jesus. He can take where you're at today, and he can transform it to where he wants you to be. When one door closes, another opens. If we never, never give up on God. Let me say it this way. You and I should never put a comma Pardon me. We should never put a period for God has placed to come. There are things in our life that are disruptions, that are interruptions, that cause pauses to happen in our life. But God's plan for you never changes. He still plans hope and a future for your life. He still plans abundance life. He still plans eternity. He still plans heaven with him forever and ever and ever. He still plans to meet your every need. Don't put a period where God has put a comma. Don't allow that pause in your life to distract you from following him. Even though this little lady's situation looked hopeless, God was up to something. She had given up already. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. Listen, in our darkest moments, God is still working in our lives. When we think there is no hope and no reason to go on, eat it and die. God is still working in our lives. Did this widow know that Elijah was coming that day? No, because she said, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. She didn't say, oh, we'll eat it and God will provide. Let me provide for you and God will provide. That was not a part of her thinking process. She had already given up on God. Don't give up on God. Because even in your darkest moment, he's still working. He's still making things happen. He's still behind the scenes arranging your future. So when life is at its worst, you need to remember this. God is at his best. Oh, come on, church, in this culture, in this society, in this environment, when it looks so bad, when we don't have an answer, when there's nothing but negative news, when life is at its worst, God is at his best. 
We need to get that in our spirit and begin declaring it. I'm not going to be worried about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about the virus. I'm not going to worry about the stock market. I'm not going to worry about the election. But rather my eyes are fixed on the living God and he will carry me through. When life is at its worst, God is at his best. He has an amazing way of showing up and sustaining us. He has an amazing way of just appearing in our lives. In the midst of life's most miserable moments, when it looks like there's no hope, the sky is dark, there's no way out, when the dilemmas seem to be getting the best of you, when life is at its worst, God is at his best. So never, 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 never give up on God. Never give up on God. Third thing I want to share with you this morning very quickly. God can take a little and he can turn it into a lot. I just need to take a sidebar for a moment. I was talking with a pastor two weeks ago and he said, how are your finances? I said, we're doing okay. He said, well, we have had a real decline since COVID hit. And I wasn't bragging except to brag on God. And I had to lift my voice. And I had to say, God has given us increase over last year, every month to date this year. It's an amazing thing. Oh, we're not living in lack. We're living in supply. He's taking a little and he's turning it into a lot. Thank you for your faithfulness. God is using you to do an amazing thing. Two weeks ago, the first Sunday of July, July 5th, Typically, our 4th of July offerings are in the tank. So it's been historically. It was the largest first Sunday holiday offering we had ever received. Oh, somebody give God praise. And then there's a trend. I can predict the trend in giving. Usually the second Sunday of July is a very, very low Sunday as well. Yvonne and I were in Colorado this last week seeing David taking some vacation. When I came back yesterday, went into the office, and I saw the report, and I began to shout. I began to give God praise because it was 20, excuse me, it was 40% higher than the second Sunday of July last year. That's not me. That's God. God takes a little, and he makes it a lot. Oh, come on, church. Give him honor. Give him glory. He takes a little, and he makes it a lot. You see, because when we live in that place of faith and obedience, God makes all things possible. God makes a way where there seems to be no way. Last night over dinner, Jerry, Joey shared a testimony with Yvonne and I. It fits so perfectly in this message. I ask him to share it with you today. Uh, my wife has been uh, in the medical field for many years. Uh, she, that's when I met her, she told me, she said, I just want to be a nurse. I want to be, that's all I want to be. And uh, when we moved to Oklahoma several years ago, she took a job as a manager in a labor delivery unit. She, she'd worked in, in uh, women's services for years and years. Well, a couple of years ago, she got a promotion um, to the CNO of her hospital, which is basically second to the, the president. She's the vice president, chief nursing officer. She'd worked in that for about two years. and. Uh, she really wasn't very happy because she didn't have a whole lot of bedside contact. Any nurses in the room? 
any, any nurses. So you know about bedside contact, that kind of thing. And as a labor and delivery nurse, that's just what she loved, you know. And she got the promotion to CNO, and and she went through some troubles and that kind of thing. And of course, COVID hit. And I don't know how, if your experience is the same as hers, but it's kind of devastated a lot of hospitals because they had to completely cancel any elective uh, procedures, anything of that nature. And so uh, they came in about the second week of COVID uh, and told her that she had to take a 20% pay cut. Um, and it was a fairly large amount of money considering what she makes on a normal, on a normal basis. They went through COVID and there was a lot of rumors and stuff like that about some restructuring that were taking place. And about the third week in June, her boss called her in and told her, you no longer have a job. Now, no, we stepped out on faith uh, last year in January and purchased a piece of property in Oklahoma City. Stephen Yvonne, Pastor Stephen Yvonne know how expensive property is in Oklahoma City. And in the city limits, 10 acres, um, we stepped out on faith. Let's just put it that way. Um, but God said do it. And so it basically is the, the reason I do what I can do what I do is because of her salary. She's always been able to make more money than I was. So immediately when we heard she's, she no longer has a job, we're like, God, what are we going to do? You, we know you told us to buy this house. We know you told us to buy this land. What are we going to do? So that was on a Monday. On a Tuesday, well, let me back up. I have to, have to back up. About seven years, there were some issues going on. And her boss asked her, what is your dream job? What would you like to do if you could do anything? She said, my dream job doesn't exist. She said, I'd like to be like a system director of women's services over because the hospital system that she works for has about eight hospitals. She said, I'd like to do research and push policy and things of that nature, best practice type stuff. I'm probably speaking your language right now. <laughs> and, um, and, the, and her boss said, yeah, that doesn't exist. And so she was like, okay. So on Monday, middle of June, she finds out she's lost her job. Tuesday, she finds out that she has the opportunity to apply for a couple of jobs that have been created in this system restructure that they've done. One of those jobs was a system director of quality, and another of those jobs was a system director of women's services and pediatrics. So on Thursday, she goes and interviews for this position. Monday, well, back up a couple months ago when COVID hit, you got to take a 20% pay cut. Made us a little tight. Monday, middle of June, you lost your job. Tuesday, there's a possibility for this. Thursday, she interviews. And Friday, they call her. They said, you're our choice. And along with the position comes a $10,000 a year raise from your pre-COVID salary. She called me screaming. She said, I can't imagine, I can't, I can't believe. So faithfulness, what he's, ta what he's talking about is God will do what he promised you. If there's a promise in your life, 
And I'm sure if you've been in church any, any length of time, you've, you, you either, if you've studied your, the word of God, if you've listened to a pastor, if you've been in church services like this, you've got promises over your life. When God makes a promise, understand that there is no circumstance yes. that can stop that promise. Amen. There is no circumstance, there is no pandemic, there is no, no anything that can stop God's promise from happening. Amen. Thank you, Joey. I love that story. It's a powerful testimony of God's goodness and God's grace. You see, this is the point we learn from that and other stories we've shared today. We don't live by man's explanation. We live by God's promise. And if God promised it, he's faithful to perform it. Read Romans chapter 4. The Apostle Paul says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God because of unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, believing that what God promised, he was able also to perform. That's Romans 4, 20 and 21. Let it sink into your heart today. All the little lady had was a little oil and a little flour. Just enough to make enough for last meal for she and her son. But that little oil and that little flour, when she put God's kingdom first, lasted throughout the entirety of that drought and famine. Why? Because God always does what God has promised to do. Today, all we have to do, my friend, in difficult times is never take our eyes off Him. Choose to put our faith and our trust and our obedience in a living God. Choose to follow Him, not by what we see, but by what we know. And what we know is that God is faithful, that God never fails, that God never leaves His children, that God never abandons those who love Him. So in these times, I can say to you this morning, maybe your joy is running out, but if you have just a little bit, He can turn it into a lot. Maybe it's been a long time since you laughed. Maybe it's been a long time since you smiled. It's time today to put what you have in the hand of a living God and let him take your little and turn it into a lot. Maybe you're here this morning and watching this service. You'll say, well, I just have a little love left for this relationship. Just a little. And it takes everything in me to generate that every day and to stay hopeful and positive because nothing has ever changed. God is saying to you this morning, if you'll take your little and you put it in his hand, he's going to cause your heart to overflow. You're going to find love that you never dreamt possible. You're going to be drinking from the wells of love every day. And those hard feelings, those hurt feelings, he will heal. He will cause to dissipate as you give him your little. He'll turn it into a lot. Maybe you say, I'm at the end of my strength. There's nothing left. I'm worn slick. I can't do it anymore. If you can right now say, God, I'm going to exercise what little strength I have to worship you, to praise you, to give you honor, and to give you glory. Oh, I'm coming to tell you this morning, he's going to raise you up in the strength of the mighty God. He's going to infuse you and fill you, touch you and change you. If you will but say, here's my little, turn it into a lot. He'll do that for you. 
He'll do that for you. He will prove himself faithful in and over your life. You say, but pastor, it takes faith to activate God's promises. And I don't have much faith. Well, the good news is, Jesus said you didn't have to have much. He said, if you'll have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. If you'll take your little and you'll give it to God, you'll find yourself just like the man in the Bible whose son was demon-possessed and the disciples couldn't cast him out. And when Jesus arrived, the man said to him, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, Jesus isn't troubled by unbelief. If you'll say to him, this is my little, I need you to make it a lot. You're going to see him do mighty, marvelous, amazing things you have thought are not possible in and over your life. Can I tell you this morning we're sitting in this building and it's nothing short of a miracle of God. Nothing short of God's hand appearing in our lives. I don't have time to go into that whole story. But I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, God worked one of the biggest financial miracles that's ever been seen in the banking world right here at All Nations Church. I had people say to me, oh, the bank will never do that. But they didn't know my God. They didn't understand when we give him our little, oh, he makes it a lot. He took $250,000 and turned it into almost $8 million in debt reduction. Somebody ought to give him praise. Give him honor and give him glory. See, because when we put our faith in God, our burdens become blessings. Our trials become triumphs. Prisoners become pardoned when we put our faith in the living God. Would you stand with me across this room? Stand with me, those in your living rooms. And I want us one more time to recognize we are here because we serve a living God who can take a little and make it a lot. No matter your situation today, no matter your circumstance, no matter your need, the God I'm presenting to you will take your little and turn it into a lot. Father, in Jesus' name, now touch hearts, touch lives. Draw men and women to you. Change them right now by the power of the living God. If you're in this room this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today is your day of liberty, release, forgiveness, and transformation. You don't have to carry that sin any longer. You don't have to be identified by yesterday any longer. All you need to do is come to the Savior whose name is Jesus. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to change you. He's waiting to do it. He wants to do it. You're here today and you say, I'm tired of yesterday. I want a new today and a new tomorrow. I want Him to forgive me of my sins and change my life. That's you. Across this room, slip up your hand and say, pray for me. Pray for me. That's me. I want God to do something in my life. Yes, sir. Anyone else you'll join this man? That's me. Anyone else? Slip up hand and say, pray for me. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Wait just another moment. 
that's me pray for me those two who raise their hands step out and come we're going to pray for you this morning step right out sir step right out ma'am god's going to meet you right here pastor chris come pastor yvonne come and do pray with them lead them to that place where god wants them to be bring them to that point of forgiveness and transformation you made it to the end of the message and now what is god leading you to make a change Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.